0: From college to the pros, America's pastime in full force, 24-7, on the Long Ball with Andrew Brown.
1: That's right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome one, welcome all, you, me, and everybody in between. You're listening to the Long Ball with Andrew Brown. Hi there, folks. I'm Andrew Brown. I'm excited, as all can be, for another edition to continue on. Uh, Continue on the airwaves. It's always fun. And for those who are not familiar with this show, it's a chance where I dive into the world of baseball from a professional and collegiate standpoint. I get to take both views sometimes at the same time, but nonetheless, I get to do so with some absolutely phenomenal guests. Titans in the industry, such as Dan McDonald, head coach for the University of Louisville baseball program, Dan Savette, former third round draft pick for MLB baseball, Dan Zamborski, analytical guru and senior writer for fangrams.com and ESPN.com, all types of great individuals, including Wayne McDonald Jr. of Forbes Sports Money and Forbes.com. So never, there's never a shortage of great individuals to talk with, great people to chat with regarding the world of baseball from pretty much all angles. So we're having a great time. We're expanding. We continue to grow, and we thank you so very much uh, for growing with uh, myself and uh, everybody else who listens to the show. So thank you so very much for tuning in. As we go along for another edition, another episode, I do want to give another shout-out to our uh, to the people to help uh, make this possible. TreePans.com, saving trees, saving the world, and also Insulites at Insulites.com. Uh, insulites, I mean, if you ever picture, if you're a rancher, if you're a farmer, if you want to contain everything the right way and know that your hot fence is still hot, well, you got to check out Insulites. It's protection you can see. Check it out again at insulites.com. Great show for you in store today as the College World Series is in full swing. As we are recording the show and dropping it here Thursday at night, Friday morning. Uh, still have a game or two to go, possibly more than that. But uh, nonetheless, the championship series. The three-game set will be starting Monday, the 24th. So, if you get the chance, check it out. Uh, you know, we got there's so many ways to break the College World Series down. So many ways to look at it from every angle. And that's not just about College World Series, by the way. In college baseball. There's so many news outside of the World Series. And there's so much news, I should say, like uh, coaching news. There's some new coaching hires, new re-signs and so forth. And, uh, you know, we, we got to break those down. And what better way to break down the College World Series and the coaching carousel that is than with Aaron Fit. Co-founder, co-writer, co-everything college baseball extraordinaire for D1Baseball.com. He'll join us in just a few seconds to break all of that down. And uh, he's going to do so live from the College World Series site, TD Ameritrade Park in Omaha. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great. And uh, we're going to get to him in just a little bit. Uh, Don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, we got uh, coming on up here in this next week, I I will be hosting 1460 KXNO Sports Fanatics Monday the 24th uh, from 6 to 7. So unfortunately, I may not be able to get to the College World Series, but I will be talking about a lot of baseball on 1460 KXNO AM in Des Moines. So uh, if you get the chance... Uh, stream it on iHeartRadio, or or if you can catch it through the airwaves again, 1460 KXNO AM. That's where you want to tune into. Uh, also, uh, next week and the next following weeks, we're going to try and uh, we're going to dive into college summer ball. That's right. We're going to be speaking with some of the Iowa baseball players as, uh, as as they are continuing on with their baseball careers at the college. Summer level. That's right. Summer level is summer balls going on right now. We're going to catch up with a few of those. And we're going to try and catch up with a few soon to be professionals. That's right. We're going to try and catch up with some of those guys, see how they're doing, their expectations going up for the season ahead. But right now, ladies and gentlemen, we get to the moment you've been waiting for. The centerpiece of this week's episode, and that is joining up with the one and only Aaron Fit of D1Baseball.com. Aaron, always glad to have you on the show. Thanks for coming back on, especially now because, wow, we have an amazing College World Series going on this year. A lot of different things going on. Maybe not a whole lot of homers, but, man, this is seeming to be a very exciting uh, down to the wire. Uh, maybe one of the more exciting College World Series we've seen in recent history.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. You know, Most of the games have been close. I think uh, uh, almost all the games have been decided by two or fewer runs. So, um, you know, it's been pretty low scoring, uh, not really not real friendly hitting conditions, but uh, at least we've had some drama, and we've had some excitement, and uh, it's been uh, lots of good storylines.
1: Speaking of storylines here, Aaron, every single College World Series there are there's the storyline of the underdog, the Cinderella will there be a Cinderella team to make it? this year Michigan, I think fits that bill, although they're playing a lot better than some Cinderella teams in the past. you know, but nonetheless here, we've seen Cinderella teams make the finals and and even win that, ie coastal Carolina in 2016. As for the 2019 edition, again you, Some view, many view Michigan as that Cinderella team, although uh, some, myself, maybe not so much. Others think that they're definitely not the underdog or Cinderella. Uh, Regardless here, every season, every College World Series, it pans out a little bit differently was this College World Series, so far anyway, has this College World Series lived up to your expectations coming into it, or has there, or has there been any difference from those initial thoughts?
0: Well, I think everyone pretty much thought Vanderbilt was the favorite on, on that side of the bracket, so it's no real surprise that they're sitting there 2-0, and and um, I thought Auburn was probably the greatest underdog in this field, so... No surprise, really, that they went 0 2, although, boy, they were in position to win that first game against Mississippi State um, before they unraveled late. But um, you know, on the other side of the bracket, I thought it was wide open heading into this, really. I mean, you know, people probably thought of Michigan as some Cinderella story. They were a three seed, one of the last teams in the tournament. They're from the Big Ten. Big Ten hasn't been there in a while, and um, all that stuff. But, but Michigan's very talented. You know, they were preseason number 17 in our rankings. Um, it's a team that has probably the best starting pitching in this whole field. Um, you know, with a couple of day one draft picks that have focused really well and, and Kyle Kaufman and Tommy Henry. And, you know, and Jeff Priswell is a very talented sophomore uh, in that rotation as well. So I'm really not surprised that Michigan's sitting there 2-0. I mean, I thought that thing on that side of the bracket was totally up for grabs through those four teams.
1: Once again, everybody, the one, the only Aaron Fit of D1Baseball.com, co-managing editor, writer, and extraordinaire joining us on the show. We're talking the College World Series and a little more. You know, Aaron, speaking about the teams that left early, Arkansas being the second team to be bounced out of Omaha, which is, you know, for me, not as surprising as others, especially Auburn, but man, it still had a somewhat attentive surprise anyway that they were out that quickly, considering the fact that last year they were just one win away from capturing the crown. Are you surprised by their early exit, and what does that mean? What, what does that show about the depth of the field that we're looking at for the College World Series as it still continues today?
0: I just think that side of the bracket was wide open. Those four teams were all uh, very capable of, uh, of winning it, which means somebody had to go 0-2. You know? I thought Arkansas probably overachieved a little bit this season uh, given all the turnover that they had on their, their roster. They lost six regulars from last year's lineup and two-thirds of the weekend rotation, and you replaced those two starters with freshmen. Um, it's just, you know, they had a great year. Don't get me wrong, they had a great year, and they were a very good team. But for me, they weren't ever um, one of the favorites to win at all. I never had them in my top tier um, all season long, you know, the way I had Vanderbilt and Mississippi state and, and UCLA, who didn't even get here. But for me, those teams were, were a take a ball all year long. So I kept mean, your cap at Arkansas. They had a great year considering the, the, the turnover that they had. But uh, I'm not shocked that they went 0-2 by any means.
1: You know, Aaron, another interesting matchup that I had my eyes on. In fact, I was there for it, and you were too. Was the Texas Tech versus Florida State matchup? Now, that was one which which Texas Tech ended up coming out on top and besting Mike Martin in his final season to bounce him out, bounce Florida State out of the College World Series, and thus end his coaching tenure at Florida State. A great great job by Mike Martin again we'll get to that in a little bit but you know 40 plus years of 40 wins per season great job uh, unfortunately it means he comes out but man that seemed like it was a it was a pretty good game to watch uh, didn't see a whole lot of offense especially in Florida State side but man it seemed like it was uh, it, it was definitely an exciting game what was your take on that game and Mike Martin's final uh, as the head coach of Florida State
0: well, I think Texas Tech has a really good bullpen, and that was the difference really for me. I mean, they, they were able to get four innings of, of one-hit ball out of Taylor Floyd, uh, who's very tough. You know, he's just a bulldog with outstanding command from that kind of funky low slot, good life on the stinker, and a, a, and a very effective slider, and he just kind of carved him up. Um, and, and, you know, Bryce Vaughn gave him five innings, and he's a big power arm with kind of erratic command, but he was, he was effectively a wild and, and look, Florida State was just, they were just ice cold offensively here. You know, where they score three runs in three games, I think. I mean, it was uh, they just, they just couldn't just couldn't get the big hit with runners on base. Um, you know, even when they, they were able to get more walks in this game, they couldn't cash in. So uh, I know Florida State was very disappointed with, with their offensive showing, but they weren't really an elite offensive team all year long. And uh, they ran into some good arms and some guys with some pitchability, and then they just went cold. So that's kind of what happened.
1: Once again, everybody, you're listening to The Long Ball with Andrew Brown. My guest, the one and only Aaron Fitt of D1Baseball.com. Aaron, let's continue on what we were uh, briefly talking about there in the last question. And that included the game between Texas Tech and Florida State. Now, we say that because from this angle, with the loss for Florida State, that gives them two losses. They have been bounced out of the College World Series. And as that, and as such, unfortunately, a great ambassador, a great member of the, of the sport of college baseball will be retiring. He announced the move, he announced the decision to retire at the beginning of this 2019 season. And as such, uh, pretty much the entire season has been a, an homage to him and, and how great he has been to the sport of collegiate baseball. Certainly not a bad way to end things, making it to yet another College World Series. Yeah, unfortunately, couldn't get the win, but man, still a great, a, a great season overall. And that's Mike Martin, Florida State's head coach. He's been their head coach for 40 years. And Aaron, I don't have to tell you, but for the listeners out there, Mike Martin, ever since he came there, Florida State has had 40 straight trips to the round of 64, the NCAA Tournament. 40 straight seasons of 40-plus wins or more, 11 Metro Conference Championships, 9 ACC Conference Championships, and 17 trips to the College World Series. That's a top That's a top three mark either way you look at it with, across any conference landscape, across the entire D1 landscape. And no other head coach in any other collegiate sport has more wins than Mike Martin. Aaron, I, I've known about him for quite some time. Uh, you know, at, at more from a fan standpoint, you've been covering the game. You've been covering Mike Martin for your almost your entire uh, entire career covering with D1Baseball.com and then some. So you've been inundated with college baseball and the history that Mike Martin has brought far more than I think anybody else has, which I, I feel is make, makes you well qualified to answer this question. But, you know, how... how how big of an impact has Mike Martin, how much of an ambassador has he been to the sport of collegiate baseball, and just how deeply will he be missed as, as we head in future years without him?
0: Yeah, we're going to miss him a whole lot. He's, he's got such a great presence about him, um, He's just a true gentleman with a warm sense of humor and, and uh, a real kind-hearted man um, who's, who's just really good to everybody, and uh, in addition to being a fierce competitor. Um, he's special, you know, and he's won more games than any coach in any sport in NCAA history. Um, you know, 40 straight years of 40-plus wins and 17-counted World Series, and, you know, he's never missed a regional in four decades. It's incredible what he's done. So the tail of the tape is there, but his legacy will really be about uh, who he is as a person and how he's treated everyone he's come into contact with over the course of his career. So uh, sad day to see the end of the road for Mike Martin. But I think he was at peace with it
1: when it was all said and done. Now, Aaron, let's move on to another team, a team that's been, you know, I don't know, nothing short of dominant this season, Vanderbilt. They have been a, a, a constant top five team, and arguably, I know UCLA has been uh, has been very flashy all year. But man, I have argued that you, uh, excuse me, I have argued that Vanderbilt has been the number one team, has been the best team all season long, and that they should have been at the number one spot from the get-go you know this is a team that you know i mean is top five in doubles is a leader the leader in home runs they've held that title for the majority of the season just shy of 100 home runs i mean j.j bladet has been a big part of that but man this is a, a team top to bottom who can hit home runs they're top five in doubles top five in in batting average or top five in ops i mean this is a team that has been consistent all year and has been so dominant and we and that's without talking about the pitching side, the pitching side has been just as impactful. Now I know that people don't like to play the comparison game all too often, but I, I got to play it here. You know, the last time that that this team made it to Omaha or made it to the championship title game, uh, w- well back into 2015, they played West Virginia. Excuse me, they played Virginia. They lost to Virginia, but they won it a year prior, again against Virginia in 2014. Now, that was with the Dansby Swanson era involved with that. Now you have 2019, a little bit different, but man, it seems slightly more impactful. Is that safe to say? I mean, would you call this team a, a better team? Or I guess I should just ask this how do you compare 2019 to years past?
0: Yeah, I think there's talented, more talented than any team in the country. I mean, it's really big time ability um all all over the roster you know i mean premium prospects uh, offensively and lots of really elite arms and, and there's are throwing strikes which is really the key for them i thought if they threw strikes uh in omaha they'd be very difficult to beat because you know velocity and stuff has never been in question they got more velocity than anybody it's a matter of commanding it and so far so good on that count so uh they're gonna be very tough to beat if this continues
1: aaron fit of d1baseball.com joining the long ball with andrew brown We continue the questioning about Vanderbilt here, Aaron, and let's move on to that, the dominant pitching side. You have Drake Fellows, who has been a consistent number one guy all season long. But man, you go beyond him and it just seems like you could have starters for almost every other team in the nation. Yet they're all in one team. Kind of take me through the strategy of it all because a lot of you see some teams not throwing out their ace in game one, and you wait for game two. So other teams won't think, hey, you got to start out strong. And obviously that uh, that was the thought process or thought to be the thought process for Vanderbilt in game one. But kind of take me through the the pitching strategy in your eyes. How do you feel that Vanderbilt Vanderbilt kind of played it all the way up until now, and and uh, how well do you feel that their pitching staff has performed?
0: Well, Drake Fellows has been their number one guy, you know, for two two plus years now, and I I never had any doubt that they were going to start him in the first game because he's kind of their tone setter and the leader of their staff. And he went out there and pitched very well, uh, which is what they needed to get this thing off on on a good foot. And of course, you got that electric freshman Kumar Rocker, who uh, follows up that 19 strikeout no hitter in Super Regionals with a strong performance in Omaha. Uh, And now they're sitting pretty, you know, and they they got their guys in the bullpen. I mean, Tyler Brown is their guy. He's going to be the one who who finishes things out for them most times. And uh, he's been untouchable here, you know, in his first two appearances. So uh, they still have plenty of arms available. um, and They're in great shape.
1: Once again, everybody, Aaron Fitt of D1Baseball.com joining the long ball with Andrew Brown. Now, Aaron, we move our, our our conversation just slightly over to more of the general coaching role because one thing I think you and Kendall Rogers do a great job at is really breaking down the new coaching hires, uh, where everybody lands on in the off season, and uh, everything like that. So, you know, I, I thought might as well bring a little taste of what uh, what everybody, if they haven't already we'll hear within the coaching carousel and we'll start with the Tennessee volunteers Tony Vitello has signed an extension to stay with that program after a fine season and you know it may be a little on the low key mark just because it may be kind of a no-brainer in a sense or I I guess uh, already thought to be uh, in the works already done so to speak but uh how important and how just impactful was this signing, not only for the Tennessee Volunteers, but, you know, for the sport of college baseball?
0: Well, I mean, they got their guy. You know, he's, he's their guy, and he got this, this program to a regional for the first time since uh, 2005, which is incredible that it it's been so long. But, um, yeah, you've got to lock that guy up, I and mean, that's a no-brainer. I mean, we, you know, kind of, that's become pretty routine in this day and age is, uh, is to give your coach an extension like that. So uh, I don't think anyone was surprised to see that. Um, and uh, it's a very, very intelligent move, you know, for Tennessee. You know, you got to keep that guy around. He's the real deal.
1: Another coaching scoop, Aaron, that you and Kendall Rogers brought up here that uh, interesting for me and I think has a little bit of a uh, of a more, I guess, silent impact but still just as strong, if not a stronger impact. Sammy Esposito is now heading to Houston to be the hitting coach slash recruiter for the Cougars. Now, this isn't as uh, in the limelight of head coaching roles, but certainly, uh, this has a more impactful role than I think others would really think about. I mean, uh, how impactful is this, and what does this do for Houston moving forward?
0: Yeah, no, it's a, it's a outstanding know, hire. He did a good job helping to build some winning teams when he was at South Carolina um, as an assistant over there, and you know, he helped recruit uh, a couple of first rounders over there, Wichita State, and Alec Baum and Grayson Janista. Um, and, of course, you know, when when they changed staff at Wichita, he was looking for a job and latched on very quickly uh, at Houston. Uh, I think he'll be a good fit down there. and um, I, I think he's got a really good temperament. He's a good hitting guy, and so that's a good hire for the uh, Cougars.
1: Once again, everybody, the one, the only Aaron Fit of D1Baseball.com, college baseball extraordinaire of 15 years or more. You know, Aaron, it, i got to say before we go any further, thank you so much again for joining because – your your expertise your insight is you know really what we look towards you know it, there are sites out there there are other podcasts out there there are other places out there that try to replicate you but no one's ever going to duplicate what you guys do and i appreciate you being on the show one of the things i love that you do is you give us things to watch out for things to look out for you know what what should we be on the what should we be on the notice what should come up in our radar soon and uh, you've done that throughout every single season and now the season has come and almost gone we're in the college world series portion so with that what other storylines should we be looking out for that maybe ha- haven't caught our eye just yet
0: well we do have a lot of good storylines left you know some of these coaching storylines in particular uh you've got louisville taking on mississippi state in an elimination game between uh you know two guys who are best friends dan mcdonald and, and chris lamotis they were teammates um, of the Citadel's 1990 College World Series team. Uh, they worked together on staff at the Citadel, and then Lamontis worked for uh, McDonald at Louisville before he went to Indiana, and now he's at Mississippi State. And uh, that'll be, I think, a fun matchup between two really good pubs, uh, both top eight national seeds. And, um, you know, I think that'll be a fun one. And, you know, the other potential storyline to keep an eye on from a coaching standpoint is, is if, if, in fact, Michigan and Vanderbilt, two teams who are 2-0 in the rackets, if they can uh, advance to the finals, you've got a matchup between Tim Corbin and his former assistant, Eric Vakich. You know, two guys who were on staff together at Clemson back in the day under Jack Leggett, and then Backich, uh worked for Corbin at, uh, at Vanderbilt, and, and now he's done a really good job building that Michigan program up. So a couple of those coaching storylines are, are pretty intriguing.
1: Wrapping things up here with Aaron Fit of D1Baseball.com here on the long ball with Andrew Brown. Uh, Now, something that's a little off, I guess, what we've been talking about here, Aaron... I wanted to talk about a certain stadium, and uh, I I want to talk about it because I believe that it embodies the progress that is being made. That uh, that college baseball is getting more recognition at a more local level, and that uh, that really was highlighted with Mississippi State and their Coliseum, their gorgeous new stadium that they built. It's just it's homage to the greatness that is college baseball. With that, what do you what do you think that says about where college baseball has come, or how far it's come up to this point, and where it's at? And does does that to you resemble a very big statement within within the college baseball world?
0: Well, yeah. I mean, they just spent sixty million dollars on a baseball park. You know, that's a pretty big commitment. Uh, it's the, the most expensive ballpark project in history, college baseball, and it's mm-hmm. now the best ballpark in college baseball. It's unbelievable, um, and so. Yeah, program is rocking and rolling right now. We got a really exciting head coach, you know, and a, a riser in this profession. And we've been to four straight super regionals and two straight college world series. And they've got the best facility in the country and incredible fan base. And they'll get, you know, 12,000 people um, rocking out there for a big game. So and they got it going on right now.
1: Speaking about Mississippi State's head coach Chris Lamoni, there you, you mentioned there just a little bit here, Aaron. But you know, when you take a look at it, what's the ceiling for him? Where do, where do you see him ending up? What do you see him accomplishing before all is said and done with his tenure at Mississippi State?
0: Well, I think he can go out there and win multiple national championships. You know, the place like Mississippi State, um, you know, that, that's the feeling. He's not that far away from it. if he wins off right now, he can win a, win a, win a title. So. Uh, yeah, he's the real deal. I mean, he could be one of
1: the great. Well, certainly the college baseball world is looking forward to that. Uh, Aaron, thank you so very much for taking the time here. Again, everybody, check out Aaron Fit on Twitter, at Aaron Fit. Also, his great work at D1Baseball.com. Uh, also, check out Kendall Rogers, the other half of D1Baseball.com there as well. Great stuff, great storylines, all brought to you by these guys. Uh, Aaron, you do such a great job, and we appreciate you coming on the show. All right, anytime. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I know it was really quick. It was really fast, but uh, nonetheless, very impactful. Great stuff from Aaron Fitt. Again, check him out. Check all his great work, and you won't be disappointed. Uh, stick around for next week's episode, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to try and get it done Thursday. We're going to try and drop it Thursday. We're going to try and speak with some college baseball players in the summer league. So we're going to ch- catch up with some local guys, some further guys open and we're going to try and catch up with some college baseball coaches and get their 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 thoughts and the recaps on their seasons for 2019 also we're going to be talking more mlb baseball as well things get nearing closer to the all-star game we've had the all-star preliminary voting done and over with and uh, now we're going to get some more coming up here soon but we're going to talk all about that right here on the long ball with andrew brown coming on up in the next few weeks so stay tuned everybody and like they say in the showbiz world until next time stay safe